Oh, hi, Mark. The biggest match in history right here. Come on, guys, let's brainstorm this puppy. Like a boss. Let me get this straight. I'm gonna spell it out for you. Ball game. This dude was right when he called you out on his podcast. This is gonna end very badly. You ain't stepped up, you fell off. I'm not a good guy. You don't get a trophy for participation. And these two right here, well, they're my insurance policy. What? This is a great show, no enhancement needed. Hello, everyone. How are you? This is Wishful Booking Wrestling Podcast. We are marching towards SummerSlam. My name is Jimmy Moorcraft, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Liam McNulty. Liam, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm doing well. I am uh, looking forward to SummerSlam. This card is seemingly going to be ginormous. It's shaping up. It's yeah, it's, um, it's out of shape. Yeah, it's put on some weight. Really, some big time weight in the past few weeks. Large, uh, but I have to say, in a good way. I'm looking forward to. I mean, we'll go through the additions to the card that happened this past week. Some mm-hmm. of them I don't find necessary. You'll hear my thoughts on that later on in the show. Definitely. Uh, you just made the list. Good tease. Again this week, I have to say, even though they had no pay per view, SmackDown for me had more talking points. It's a bigger show. Yeah. Ultimately. So we will definitely begin with Monday Night Raw though, and the opening segment, which uh, definitely was interesting. We had yeah. uh, Kurt Angle come out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, his hometown, and uh, I like when they don't always advertise Brock Lesnar. I think it's. Uh, it yeah. adds something to the show. In this case, I don't when know you, if I would have done it in this avenue. When you realized he was there, didn't you immediately think how cool it would have been if he showed up later during the yeah. show? Yeah, I mean, I knew I like knew he was going to be there in terms of local advertisements, so I thought he'd okay. be in that what you I the thought should have been the main event. You had the hot scoop. Yeah, that's another the issue. The word on the street. Um, how I thought he'd be in the closing segment, but... yep. There was no... Well, you didn't... Unless he was going to destroy any, Big Cass Any of those Big guys show. would be in the closing segment. Yeah. So, nonetheless, Kurt Angle comes out shortly interrupted by Brock Lesnar, which was uh, interesting based upon the history that Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar has, yeah. which I, again... They're not really addressing that. If you're going to do that. this, I wish they exactly addressed that, or there was a stare down, especially since Paul Heyman went on this tirade about how Brock Lesnar is, is you know, being unfairly treated. He's being placed into a fatal four-way match. A no win uh, which, situation. Yeah, which, you know, on one end, he's right. On the other end, <laughs> the, the constant, you know, you and I, for as long as we've been doing this podcast and OS podcast, we always battle with the archetypal baby faces heels. I yep. believe there doesn't always need to be one. Yeah, I'd share that belief. Brock Lesnar is similar, although I did think that they just kind of out of nowhere. Not they painted him like a heel, but this was something that a heel would complain about. Yeah. And I just feel like he is with whatever. the Samoa Joe feud, Brock, in my eyes, looked like the one being attacked from behind. He was more of the, the babyface, yeah. So, you know, I understood what Paul Heyman was saying. He always does gives a good promo, and he had logical points. To threaten to leave the company because you don't... Because well... You lose the title. I mean, on they're one They're basically... End, you know what they're saying there. They're basically... Because that was... Well, I, I imagine a last-minute rewrite reaction to what happened yeah, yeah. in the UFC Saturday well, yes, night. Absolutely, uh, the challenge that was made by uh, John Jones. John Jones. Yeah, um, but they were ultimately saying that if he doesn't retain the Universal Title at SummerSlam, he will cross over to Ultimate Fighting. I feel like. Yeah, uh, and it was definitely interesting because it's Brock Lesnar really leaving. Is this yeah. fight more realistic than we believe? Is he getting out of his contract, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. On the other end, Paul Heyman has always been very behind his client, saying he will conquer anyone and everyone. He yeah. did it against 29 other men in the two Royal Rumbles he's been in recently. So, Well, that's why he, say, he during did say the it's promo, a stacked division right yeah, now. And, and during the promo, Paul Heyman kind of teetered between saying, on one end, Brock Lesnar is not leaving SummerSlam with the championship. He essentially like literally <laughs> said that. Yeah. Towards the end of the promo, and he's gonna he quit. seemed... Yeah. But then he switched over to that he will retain because he believes in his client, which is the narrative that he's always had. Yep. So, you know, I thought the writing for the promo was a little all over the place. I enjoyed the execution. He brought lots of cake to the ring. He had his cake and he ate his yeah. cake. And like I said, Paul Heyman is always great. It's a small issue. Well, I don't know if it's a small issue, but, it, you know, I just feel like there were two extremes that it's, were being He's presented. contradicting himself. Yeah. He's saying on one hand, you know, you're screwing my client. There's no way he can possibly win the match. And if he doesn't win the match... He quits. But on the other hand, there's no way he won't win the match because he's Brock Lesnar and there's nothing he can't do. The irresistible force. 
Yeah. And then in terms of the opening segment, my last bit, I guess, of criticism, I feel bad. It was a cool segment, and I feel like I'm really critiquing it. I mean, no, that's, yeah, that's it what just, we do it, had, it came out to serve a lot uh, of masters. I do feel they... like Kurt Angle also didn't need to be in the ring during this. I feel like they missed a cool opportunity for Brock to stare down Kurt Angle when Paul Heyman's saying that Kurt Angle wants a title off of Brock, yeah, there was that he has of... a board of directors to answer to. And Kurt Angle's expression was almost like... Paul was right. Like, in some aspects, he, he was looking at him. But I don't know. I just feel like Kurt Angle has teetered between the authoritative general manager who puts his foot down. Yeah. And this, he kind of succumbed to a bit of just listening and standing there. I don't know. When you have the history that Brock and Kurt Angle had, I would have rather Kurt just leave the ring and let Paul Heyman and Brock yeah. say this. Yeah. Um, and another thing that occurred to me during this segment that... I'm now rethinking is there's a pretty easy answer to the accusations Paul Heyman was laying on Monday in kayfabe. Paul Heyman, I mean, have you been watching Raw? Are you reading the landscape? The Fatal 4-Way is a pretty logical conclusion based on the developments, the way things have gone the past few months. Samoa Joe said he had your client almost beat at Great Balls of Fire. He's absolutely right. Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns more or less came to, you know, What's the word like? Stalemate. Even a stalemate. Thank you. So it's just, you know, it only makes sense that since you can't really, unless you could have had the triple threat, you could That's argue exactly that Roman Reigns, yeah. you could argue that Roman Reigns should do it since he beat yeah. the other two. Well, if I was booking the show, I would have just had that triple threat match determine a number one contender. It's almost nonsensical that they had the triple threat match. Yeah. I understand why they did it. And I should have been think- the go home show. Yeah. Not the way not the way it went down. Yeah. I'm saying in the actual main event on the last row. Yeah, before we could Summer just Slam. go into the match because we both agree on the fact that this match should have main evented. Of course, um, of course. When we get into what the main event is, I oh god. When you get into what the main event is, you realize even more yeah. so why yeah. the triple threat should have main evented. Sorry. So this uh, happened, I believe, at the ten o'clock hour. Yep. And, right at the start um, of the ten. You know, it was it was a good match. They they definitely didn't throw everything there. You know, it was it was it was good, but it wasn't. Yeah, no. They left the kitchen sink in the back. Yeah, I mean, it was under twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roman Reigns. I'm not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that. <laughs> and That's kind Roman of random. Reigns Roman not did now. win. He uh, pinned Samoa Joe after <laughs> knocking Braun Strowman out of the ring. I agree with that. However, a lot of us are thinking that he's definitely not winning at SummerSlam now. My first thought when Roman pinned Joe on Monday was Joe better fucking win this title at SummerSlam. God damn, pal. Emotions were high. We still have two more shows to go. I'm assuming they're probably going to make each one look strong as yeah. the show goes on. Why Brock Lesnar didn't just interfere in this match and lay everyone out is beyond me. That was the best option. Especially since no he was one would there. have had to get pinned. Yeah. Exactly. But the way they've been utilizing his raw appearances for the duration of his comeback since 2012 has been just like this. He comes and does these talking segments where he stands there, sans title or with title. <laughs> and there's with title? so many other segments we can think of and feuds with so many other people that he could have come back in the show or been mm-hmm. placed differently. And. This was another one of those examples. So that's essentially where we are right now with the Fatal 4-Way match. Can I really quickly book that, rebook that segment? Because now I'm thinking, you're absolutely right. And that was the first thing I thought when I realized Heyman and Lesnar were there Monday. What they should have done is they should have had this triple threat in the main event, you know, open with something different, maybe just Kurt Angle doing his thing and expanding a little bit more on what he actually said. But then later, with a little bit of time left on Raw, the triple threat main event is going strong. Lesnar shows up, no music, attacks everybody. Then Kurt Angle comes out to try and, like, separate him from everybody else after he kind of lays waste to all three guys in the match, causing a no contest. Heyman appears, and that's when you kind of have a more heated, more amped-up version of what they opened with, where Heyman now is is saying, you know, everything that he ultimately said on Monday in the opening segment, but he's saying it to sort of follow up why Brock just attacked everybody. He's, he's you know, because Brock even showed up with the 5 o'clock shadow. He was looking kind of like he was stressing things with the... The challenge on Saturday night and this fatal four-way where his title's on the line. So I feel like that just would have, you know, it all works. The obvious thing is to have him interrupt the triple threat. Don't have a winner, you know. And then it turns out, like I said, that he did that because he's freaking out about this situation. What do you think about that? Uh, it would have been cool. I always advocate for playing Brock Lesnar's music just because I think that it's sudden and it's cool. Yeah, so so Heyman, Heyman cuts with- his promo. He gets the last word. Oh, you're saying before he shows up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I, I, okay. I, I would always rather Brock Lesnar's music come out. And that's really what you took away from what I just said, huh? 
But right. I also would matter. What if everything it I just happening... said happens, and before he came out, his music hit. That would be good. Love I it. I also think Love that it. Paul Heyman could have been out. I Tweet. think that Paul Heyman and Kurt Angle could have had the conversation that was had in the beginning of the show. Paul Heyman could have said, my client Sorry. isn't here because he's so mad about what's happening. Then at the end of the show, Brock is there. Either way, the point of this is that there are multiple ways to do this better. Yeah, uh, better. One, and the last thing I do have to, I personally have to say about this is that I think that they want us to believe that he's going to win because Paul Heyman literally said he's not winning at one point in the promo and well, then said that we're going to leave afterwards yeah. with the UFC He's not leaving. We know he's not leaving, so we must think that he's going to win. Right. Yeah. But something else that's interesting, have you watched Bring It to the Table yet? Yeah. It's an especially controversial episode of Bring It to the Table Monday night. I don't know how far... Such a weird thing they're doing on that show. I don't know how far they tape these shows, but I knew this episode was happening for a while, so it had to be taped at least a week ago. But a lot of the stuff with, they talked about... With everything they covered, though? They knew everything well, they covered? Well, that's why I'm... Not that they the had MMA any insight stuff, I into feel this like. UFC. Well, I think they interpolated you know? that in. Like, they oh, were they already, recorded that after the Did John Jones stuff happen before he called them out? Okay. That was a rumor before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he took... John Jones took the avenue of being in front of millions of pay-per-view subscribers. Yeah, and whatever. having won his fight that night. So it's possible that they added that picture in. But yeah. I do wonder if this was on their agenda the entire time to mm-hmm. have this be part of the story. And then they even thought, well, now we're definitely doing it now that John Jones just literally called out Brock Lesnar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of think this may have been a plan just because this time last year, Brock Lesnar's fight with Mark Hunt was very much integrated into the program with Randy Orton. They showed clips of it and whatnot. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all part of the plan. On one end, you can have Brock quote unquote leave. <laughs> You know, he doesn't need to get yeah. pinned. He could do the CM Punk leave and yeah. come back eight days um, later. My prediction still stands about Braun Strowman. I think that he's going to win. Um, oh, that's right. That's and right. I'm going to say this here just because it fits here. We're going to talk about him later. But John Cena, I don't know if you know, because you and I were talking off air about his filming schedule, the fact that he's being promoted for SummerSlam. Right. He's, he's advertised do- for, have you heard about this? That he's advertised for the Raw pay-per-view No Mercy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I did hear about that. Have I you think, heard about his interaction with Roman Reigns uh, oh, vis-a-vis Battleground? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, that's definitely some seeds being planted there. Yeah, maybe I think forget that's going to... Well, that maybe ties we forget in... forget about Roman versus Brock. And yeah. we talk, start talking about that, and we start talking about something else for Brock. Maybe getting his title back from Braun at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't think Roman and Brock is a WrestleMania plan. I, I haven't. I, I was set on Roman and Cena even before this whole tweeting thing. I, I was what? pretty... Con- we've, been, we've been talking about Roman and Brock. How it was going to be SummerSlam or WrestleMania. Well... That was before they announced the Fatal 4-Way match, where now you could do Braun Strowman winning the title at No Mercy. You could have Braun Strowman and John Cena. Okay. You could do Brock Lesnar returns and fights Roman at Royal Rumble. Yeah. Freeing up Roman for Cena at Royal Rumble. I wouldn't have Cena win the Royal Rumble. There's avenues to both from here to there. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, even after you book the Fatal 4-Way for SummerSlam... I still feel like the most likely main event for WrestleMania 34 is Roman versus Brock. I think it would be, like we mentioned last week, a challenger Brock going after a champion Roman who's still got the title after he wins it in the Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam without pinning Brock. But then you have him fight Braun and Joe and others in the meantime between SummerSlam and WrestleMania. Brock puts him over at WrestleMania, but he's a challenger instead of a champion. And that also, like I mentioned last week in passing, if Seth and Dean win the tag titles at SummerSlam, then I'm even more thinking Roman could walk out with the Universal Championship, and that's how you start Raw the night after SummerSlam with a pretty big moment. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't Before think... Dean turns, that is. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I did think Brock... I'm speechless. Well, I didn't want to be rude and say, I don't think that's going to happen, you're wrong, but I don't think that's going to happen, personally. I'm wrong. You lose! Good day, sir! Uh, I don't think Roman Reigns is winning at SummerSlam. I think that Monday Night Raw was a very big indicator of that. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll I don't want to spend too much time on this because we have SummerSlam coming up and we'll whistle book the event, predict the oh, event. Oh, yeah. Uh, nonetheless, Rock cannot even compete in the UFC for another six months because he is uh, under suspension with Is USADA. it another six months? Yeah. Was it so, in a year? I thought it was just a year, USADA. 
Well, they didn't catch it until like three to four oh, months after right. the fight. That's yeah. right. That's a good so point. So twenty, the beginning of twenty eighteen, okay. about is when he can even begin entering the testing pool. And that's if WWE so, wants to take that kind of a risk in relation to WrestleMania. Yeah, and, I and I don't know if that's happening. That's why people break it down realistically. Him leaving. If they want us to think that, oh, Brock's leaving because he's going to fight in the UFC, the timetables are off. He can train well, only once. Well, in kayfabe, but he that never got, be... in kayfabe, he never got suspended because he never no, did anything wrong. But, I mean, if they want to integrate the real-life UFC stuff into this, and I'm sure Vince McMahon gave the go-ahead for them to talk about it and bring it to the table. They have to yeah. believe that we know everything. Yeah. And Corey Graves also said, well, we know brought it. up, they believe we know well. everything. Talking about the casual viewer, though, because everything comes down to that, like. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying if they're bringing up this fight, then that means that they're bringing everything's up the on fact the table. That if we go, well, yeah, and if we go online and look up Brock Lesnar, John Jones, every media outlet is, says Brock Lesnar is not eligible until blank. Or, okay, you know, it's, it's out there. It's, okay. it's you know, I can't let this get out. Then again, I might have to go public with this. So, so he could be I don't leaving. To, he could be sense. leaving to start training for. Yeah, MMA. I mean, I guess, but I also think that it frees up Brock Lesnar to just leave the title scene. He doesn't have to have a rematch clause, and he can come back for an entirely new program, possibly. Yeah. So, I guess we'll see what happens and yeah. what goes on. I just, the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar thing, I don't want to happen. I'm just saying, even after the four-way, I can see a path from here to there. That's all. Yeah, I think I can, too. I just feel like the Roman Reigns-John Cena match, Vince sees big money in, and he would want it to happen as soon as possible. Yeah. So, that I, would I'm be pretty a big confident match. that's going to be a, the WrestleMania match. But uh, we brought up Seth and Dean. Um, one thing with Seth and Dean, Rollins, you know... Beats Sheamus, gets the beat down after the match. Then Sheamus and Cesaro are leaving, and Rollins provokes them or whatever, and they go back. Like, that happened instead of just having them beat down after the match and having Ambrose come out then. That happened to show that Ambrose came out and made the save reluctantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he basically summed that up later. So he was I an guess, idiot, though. I mean, why would you come out? You had the opportunity to come out when they started to beat down, so then Rollins wouldn't have been as injured, and he, they could have maybe made it even. Instead, that's what he I'm saying. waits no, that's for. What I'm saying. It's because he didn't want to. No, help I understand, at all. but I'm saying that he's an idiot for doing that because he essentially walked into a two-on-one mugging. So his reluctance emotions, got him his emotions, ass kicked. Man, so, I mean, how many times can you say that though? If well, I just wouldn't have just, come out then. If this guy would have just stopped and thought about it, he wouldn't have made this really stupid decision. I, oh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just he wouldn't have looked, come out. He would have looked like the bad guy. He addressed that later on. And I know you might say, well, but he he's, but doesn't he's, care he's about a lunatic that. fringe, so he shouldn't care about that, which is a valid concern, to which I have no response. No. Like, I would just say that he is very reluctant on Seth Rollins' this partnership in general. So if yeah. I was Dean, I would have just said, I told you that this isn't a permanent thing, so why do you expect me to come out there? That's yeah. what I would have said, and I wouldn't First have blamed trying him. to get fisted. I don't agree with it. To, well, Dean made the I accusation. mean, I still think he's being annoying for not accepting Seth Dean Rollins Dean made the back. accusation that Rollins set that whole situation up when we know, because we saw earlier, that he was the one who was first provoked by Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah. So in actuality, he didn't architect that situation. Yeah, or why wouldn't you bring out a steel chair at least? You know what I mean? Yeah, emotions. Like, I don't... Emotions are why. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Um, I don't... But my, only, my question was, are you going to enjoy... Lunatics don't have emotions. Are you going to... Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to Vince. Can you talk to lunatics? <laughs> oh, by the way, what I said you... last week was right. How I was like... You what didn't else think it was new? a big deal? You said something right. What else is new? Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm right. Well, actually, I... Sean Waltman, X-Pac is pretty in the know about certain things. How I don't understand why Dean hugged Seth if he wouldn't fist bump him, and you said it was in the moment kind of thing. Triple H actually gave them heat for that, and Sean Waltman like, said on his show that that hug wasn't supposed to happen. Really? I was saying that if Dean's not going to fist bump him, don't hug him. And you were saying, well, the fist bump it is more shieldy. It's not just a fist bump, yeah. It has, more, H, it has more meaning than that. But Triple H backstage was mad that they did anything. Like Apparently, nothing should have happened at all. Which is how I envisioned the but segment to go. The story that they're telling makes more sense with what actually happened happening, in my opinion. I just don't think they should have done anything, personally. I mean, I understand the fist bump is more of a serious See, thing, but you don't hug either if that's the case. I prefer stuff like that happening in the heat of the moment out in the ring than to tell us everything with backstage, all these backstage promos we keep seeing between Seth and Dean, you know? Where they're just explaining everything. I'd rather you show us with stuff like that in the ring. Show, don't tell. I'll show you. I don't know. I feel like it was cognitive dissonance because Dean was just, saying how he doesn't yeah. care. And then, but 
Regardless. I was just going to ask if you're going to enjoy when Seth Rollins runs out to Dean Ambrose's aid when he's getting beat down by Shazaro next week on Raw. Spoiler alert. Well, hopefully he brings a steel chair this time. And it keeps me safe when I'm jogging at night. Uh, he's a lunatic. He evens it up. Probably won't. No, Seth. Oh, Seth. will bring it out. Yeah. Yes. Maybe he'll bring a can of gas and a handful of matches because you got to burn it down. Burn it down. Yes, that was cool. How, do you um, like that in the theme? Yeah. Thought it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The tag team title picture is also crowded. We had um, Gallows and Anderson versus the Hardy Boys. Gallows and Anderson, I guess, are heels again, which is weird, but whatever. They didn't really do were they heelish heels thing. again? They're kind of well. They were meant to be booed because the Hardy Boys are good. So whatever. I mean, WWE, that just is. whatever WWE wants it to so be I, today. That's how it is. I find it weird that these three are just mm-hmm. in like this three-way thing with really no mention of the tag team titles. And now yeah. this week we had. The very clear indicator that Seth and Dean will at least be challenging for number one contendership, if not yeah. going right up to I a mean, title we, match. We at can Summer pretty Slam. safely say they're going to have a title match at SummerSlam. Yeah, well, it's not it official, also makes but... you think if they're going to do a four-way, you know, number one contenders match. Mm-hmm. I don't see the Hardy Boys not being on the SummerSlam card. That's where I'm at. So I would book, wishful booking. I would book a tag team turmoil match. Uh, with the tag team titles, with all the teams in the div- one match, you're saying? Yeah. Because I think as of, especially as of this past, Monday night kind of clinched it for me. I think it's two separate matches. The tag team title match, Sheamus and Cesaro versus Seth and Dean. And then a triple threat, hopefully by then number one contenders match, uh, the club versus the Hardys versus the Revival. Yeah. Because they're know. totally separate. Like... For, those two are totally separate from I each other. Last like... week, you had Sheamus and Cesaro watching all the teams. Yeah. But this week, it was very focused, you know, respectively. Yeah. And I don't it's know. It's heating up between those three I teams. I don't see both of those matches making the SummerSlam card. I don't know. I well, just feel no, like you the can triple threat. The number one contenders match the next night on Raw. The triple threat. So, yeah. The triple I mean, threat like would ha- we... could happen on the kickoff, the tag match. Yeah. I mean, would you really want to see the Hardy Boys and the Revival on the kickoff show? I mean, I wouldn't, personally. Um, if you use it to promote a jam-packed kickoff yeah, show. I don't have faith that they're going to just randomly choose this kickoff show to be watchable. I mean, they've given us yeah, shit or, I mean, there's, there's a few. years. I had a paper list written of these, and there was a few matches, asterisks. I could see the Cruiserweight title being a kickoff show. I could maybe see the IC title, if it's going to be what we think it is, being on the kickoff show. That I could see, yeah. I could see... The and Uso, big show the and Usos and New Day, I would have said kickoff before their match of the night at the last SmackDown pay per view. Oh, probably I could not still, I could still see them doing that too. Really? I see, think big. Sh- I, I mean, think uh, coming off of their that was a really good match last month. You know? Yeah. Again, we're giving credit for WWE to you know capitalize on. Stuff we're giving credit the, where it isn't due. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's possible. I don't know if you noticed Hardy Boys did a backstage segment where they are calling themselves Woken. Are you aware of this? So far, it's only been the one time, right? Yeah. I mean... But it was the first time that Jeff Hardy also started to... It used to be Matt doing half and half. Yeah. Broken Matt Hardly. Jeff Hardy was very integrated into it, so but it makes you wonder... during the course it... of this whole saga with TNA and the lawsuit, Matt has done stuff like that on Twitter, like torn Matt Hardy. Yeah. Along those shattered Matt Hardy, stuff along those lines. Right. So I feel like this is just the next step. You know, that was presumably... To let TNA know that they could run with a similar gimmick and not have to give them anything. And now I think they're amping it up because they really want to get the broken gimmick. So now they're, I think, showing on TV, look, we can do something that's basically the same, but you won't be able to do shit. Well, it was Why don't you just sell us the rights? Yeah, no, I see what you mean. I mean, Michael Cole is the one that introduced it. So it makes me think that he was told to say that. And then the interviewer in the backstage segment said... Michael Cole said blank, and then mm-hmm. they both. It's yeah. Just something interesting. Women's division. Uh, have you heard about Bailey? Bailey, she's a wrestler. Yeah, she's a hugger. Have I've you heard, heard about all about her. The news I know. about her injury. Is that official? Separated yeah. shoulder? Well, we have to. So. Is this a SummerSlam shattering? We don't know injury? if this is real or if it's WWE doing this because. For what it's worth. Wrestling observers, Brian Alvarez said, as a former wrestler that has separated his shoulder during a match, he said he thought right away that she separated her shoulder. Yeah, and I, believe me, I haven't been a wrestler, so that's all. I mean, a separated shoulder in general doesn't require much time away. I mean... Well, according to a self-admitted non-wrestler. Depending on what happened. Yeah, but it could put that match issue, in question. The issue, though, is how Nia Jax continued to work on it during the match. You gotta keep them separated. I feel like if it was heard at any point... There would be communication between the referee, Bailey, and Nia 
that this is real and to stop. Yeah. That's my only thinking it's weird. And I'm not well, the only one online who thinks that this is I going feel like on to Bailey's story and could maybe Sasha could Banks be. swoops in and but takes she, the match. She wasn't selling the elbow until she got thrown to the outside. Like it wasn't she wasn't thrown into the poster. It wasn't any of the classic shoulder targeting WWE tropes that they do. It was just something innocuous like getting thrown outside and then she's selling the shoulder. So that, yeah. that lends credence to it being legit. But then after also, that, I'm saying Naya continue to work on it. That's, that's well, right. I I'm, would just, my only response to that would be that Bailey doesn't want to quit regardless of how badly she's hurt. Uh, the other thing is that we know when injuries are real, how quick they do the testing or x-rays and yeah, nothing's come out yet. since. Okay. Yeah. That's my other, you know, so, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes. I'm not fully buying that it's... Ever the skeptic you are. Maybe something happened, but it doesn't require the match being in jeopardy, mm-hmm. and they're making us believe it to build into okay. a, a Bailey story. Yeah. Um, I was among those when the interview with Corey Graves happened, though, when she was saying how, you know, I when... don't want to get aggressive, and Corey Graves is basically saying, like, what are you doing, you idiot? Start You're talking about better. weeks back, the sit-down yeah. interview. I always, env- and I said on the show, I envisioned that being intentional. And yeah. now I kind of see that coming to fruition, especially now that she's the number one contender. I feel yeah. like that's still going to play out, play into something. Uh, they talked about Sasha Banks. I don't really know. I thought Alexa and Naya would like team up on Bailey because Alexa mm-hmm. said that essentially in her interview. So I don't know. I guess we'll see where that well, goes. They kind of, you know, Alexa was around yeah, I don't know. I just that whole thing was kind of weak for me, and I feel like Bailey and Naya—they're just really overdoing it. I would have done Bailey and Emma. I mean, as much as I don't want Emma to lose at this point, I just have no faith in anything ever happening with her. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. Or at so least Naya soon. wasn't pinned. It was a protected type of ending. Yeah. Then we yeah, go on to the last bit of raw information that I at least think is noteworthy. We discussed Sorry. that uh, Ms. TV happened. Jason Jordan was a guest. Jason Jordan continues to be horrible on the mic last week i thought that his goody two-shoes act was intentional this week i'm still thinking that that heel turn is going to eventually happen but he just does not have that much charisma to begin with the miz definitely had to you know carry the segment for him yeah the belly to the belly and show the misdirage was a cool visual that was really well executed yeah so i'm thinking that this is definitely a SummerSlam match and unfortunately for the ic championship i do see this being in the pre-show and i think it should be i mean it is what it is and you think was it was it us talking about how jason jordan could win and then the miz will start to target angle as a whole conspiracy theorizer um i don't people online thought that this would lead to miz and angle i god hope not it necessarily doesn't. in a match i'm just talking about because i don't know i'm i'm i have a theory well if it's on the I pre-show th- I, I don't see jason jordan winning the title on the pre-show i mean if they want to begin to make the pre-show important that's a way to do it but literally oh, okay. every right, right, kickoff right. show right. has happened. People like literally Bleacher Report does the winners losers of the pay per view every month. Every pay per view, the kickoff show is in the loser category because it's just completely you lose. Good day, sir. Unnecessary, superfluous bullshit and matches. Yeah, well, we're that don't talking matter. about this potentially stacked kickoff so, show that could be you right. Know, but my issue is that people with, with Rusev versus Orton on the kickoff show, absolutely not. No. But, I mean, listen, I wish the kickoff show was important, but it's called (laughs) past history, and people, you know, aren't buying into it. I don't blame them. Statistics, yeah. 205 Live, Akira Tozawa defeated uh, Arya Davari to become the number one contender for what should be another kickoff match. Um, I don't agree with this. I still think that my prediction four months ago should have been the real thing, and Cedric Alexander should be getting this opportunity. Yeah. That's not happening. Uh, I don't see Akira Tozawa winning the championship at this point. Oh, yeah. Ever. Also, is his shoulder injury going to roll? He's, it's going to roll into SummerSlam, right? Yeah, and the rings now. of Saturn conveniently is all about the shoulder, so I'm yeah, pretty spoiler sure alert. That, that ending is pretty telegraphed. They're still walking this line where they're, you know, they would never let anyone compete injured, but... Yeah. <laughs> stuff like this. So, you know, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you get talk about having your cake and eating it too. And the last bit of raw news is that the main event, which should definitely not have main evented, was Big Show versus Big Cass. I had told you oh, off man. air, and now I will tell all the listeners. I was actually after I was angry about this, I thought, oh, maybe because the SummerSlam card seems to be so humongous, they're going to do Big Show and Big Cass here, give it a finish. 
Maybe you have Enzo in some backstage segment at SummerSlam or yeah. you do something with him but not a match. Yeah. Of course not. Disqualification finish. Yep. I still think this match, match will be on the kickoff show. Are we getting a handicap match? Uh... Or just basically Wait, what we and show or Cass? basically what we got, yeah. Or basically no, what we got, so. well, Big Zoe. Basically what we got Monday. It'll be just, just a with, rematch, you know, just with a defined finish where Cass yeah. kind of lays out both of them. Is that what's gonna happen? Probably. Uh, and you can't teach that. Enzo, what? I don't know if you know, is just not doing too well in his personal life right now. Strippers are talking shit about him on Twitter. I don't know He's if you getting, heard about this. No, I heard about that. He's getting kicked, um, off, buses. Getting kicked off buses. Not in good standing uh, with so the locker he room. Better, uh, he admitted to smoking weed and said that it's only a $2,500 fine. That's not I'm good. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> Out of all of the things that have been said about him, that is the worst, in my opinion, yeah. that he said that. I mean, you have to take it. For face well, that value. he said that he kind of tried to downplay it by saying that yeah. it's just a fine. It's and not- you have to take it at face value, but this girl was pretty specific about her account. I mean, it was like a five-page entry, so wow. I'm pretty confident that was the truth. So that was Monday Night Raw. Um, we'll go into SmackDown now. Yeah. SmackDown opens up with the United States Championship match. Uh, very cool to open up you know, a wrestling show with a wrestling match. That was really innovative. <laughs> There's and a novel thought. Yeah. Um, they had a good match. Uh, again, I still think Take the backlash, I still think their backlash match is the best effort yet. I'm sure SummerSlam they'll up the ante. At least I hope so. Spoiler alert. They're going to have a SummerSlam match. Uh, but the match was good. For, mm-hmm. You know, I was, they yeah, can't was do really. It, it, I would say it was a little better than uh battleground. Not as good as backlash. That's mm-hmm. how I would uh, book it. Uh, well, that's where you'd put it ana- on a scale. Analyze it. Uh, the ending again, Rated. though, I don't know why they are going back to this because this was even worse based upon the fact that Mike Chioda just completely at, botched that. I don't know at, if it was so Kevin out, Owens. He was out of position, right? Yeah, he essentially, the air from the fist must about have been what did it. Three yeah. inches away from his face just, complete, <laughs> just completely took him off guard. I mean, well, that must have been it. Are, sometimes things are closer or further away than they appear, Jim. So, um. Get all of Yeah. So Mike Kyoto's vision is blurred conveniently. The shoulder that Kevin Owens has up very strategically. Mike Kyoto cannot see. The pin count is, is there. Look at this picture. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, the match was made right afterwards. Kevin Owens in one of the, I don't want to say best backstage segments, but Kevin Owens is amazing. I said this He's every good. week. Yeah. But that backstage segment, throwing Kyoto. By the way, Baron Corbin did that to the referee in Talking Smack, and he was suspended Realistically, they probably should have done it, something to Kevin Owens. For I that. think it got out of hand. There was, there yeah. was things went a little bit further than they were intended to yeah. on the script, and I think that's why he won't be probably. Well, yeah, I just you know consistency issues. But then again, we're talking about WWE. Well, Daniel here, Bryan, so. he had just said to Daniel Bryan before that, "Don't put your hands on me." So you know, and that was also an improvised line that kind of was. Oh, like, I thought eh. that was afterwards, but but yeah, no. Regardless, it was a great the, the whole thing. I mean, Shane and Kevin Owens. At first, and I'm sure everyone was like, oh, God, here it is. Like, they're going to come to blows, and the match is going to be announced later on in the night. But they added a wrinkle into it. Shane McMahon gave him his rematch. Kevin Owens said, as soon as Kevin Owens says, I want a competent referee. At first, I thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan, because that would be... But then I'm thinking, actually, that wouldn't really no, make sense. Can't. Yeah, he can't do then, that. Well, I'm sure he could count to three. Yeah, but then that would take, like, a ref bump off the table. You just can't. You can't have him... I don't think you would have him ref a match right now. Well, I think that you could, but with Shane McMahon, there's well, they the were, added animosity already there where the yeah. violence would be justified. With Daniel Bryan, violence wouldn't be needed necessarily. Daniel I'm Bryan th- could catch him cheating. Or, yeah. You know, it I could guess, still... I guess I'm kind of surprised that you thought it could be Daniel Bryan because you were the one who last week you kind of hinted at a program between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I just said Would during this subs- bad segment, I thought that was leading to a Shane and Kevin Owens match. Until oh, right, right, he talked right. okay, about the referee okay, okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I thought that at SummerSlam, Kevin Owens would attempt to, like, go for Daniel Bryan, and then Shane would come out afterwards. Okay, okay. So it would still kind of carry that on. Okay, But yes, it okay. makes more sense with Shane as referee. I yeah, mean, yeah, like, yeah. And I'm completely with you. I thought that they were... I yeah. kind of thought that they were building the animosity between Kevin and Shane, yeah. too, um, for that reason. I wonder if they even tried to tease that, because I'm also simultaneously thinking... Well then, what the hell are they going to rush AJ into? Like, is, are they going to start something with him and Rusev? Or, but thankfully, yeah, that all of our fears were subsided when they made yeah. the rematch more high profile with Shane McMahon as the ref. So hopefully, it won't like open the show. One thing I hope. Oh, I think it will. I think it, I think it should open actually, and I think that this is going to be a great opener. Yeah. Actually, uh, 
I just I was gonna say that in the coming weeks booking the show, but now that you brought it up, I actually think that that'd be a really good so opening you're, segment. You were saving that. You were saving that little chestnut. Yeah, well, I, you know, I try and not get not that it would be an involved speech, but I already have ideas of what would close, what would open, yeah. and I thought that would be a good. Uh, but without getting too much detail, because we have two more weeks to talk about it. Do you think this could lead to an actual match eventually, save, though? In other words, saves you want me to save something for the next two weeks? No, I just I, I and save some time. I'm erring yeah. on the side of caution asking this question. But do you think this could lead to still a match in the future between the two, Kevin Owens and Shane? Because I I hope do. it doesn't. I kind of do, but it they could. might do it at a, at a SmackDown show. So I'm not too. I don't know if SmackDown it's not happening pay-per-view. at WrestleMania. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Something else I hope they do, and this is the last I have about this, is that AJ being a babyface really shouldn't want to win the way that he won, but that didn't matter because the match was already made right after it, so it wasn't like AJ had a chance. Like, I'm sure AJ would have said, I'll give you a rematch, like, anytime, place, I'll beat you. Yeah. So, but just like the way, I don't know. Not- well, they tried to play it like AJ didn't realize, you know, that Owen's shoulder was up. In, oh, my, in okay. my opinion. Just the way AJ left the and ring probably- very, like, quickly, it made me think, like, I don't know, but... Like I yeah. said, afterwards, the match was made, so it wasn't like yeah. that was even it, an issue. That's definitely part of the reason I think they did it right away. Yeah. Also, AJ and Shane have history. I hope they introduce that somehow, because that's an element definitely worth exploring. You can't just make AJ... I mean, I understand they had the AJ-Shane shake hands, but yeah. AJ talking about Shane, how tough he is, like, they should definitely attempt to do something there. Yeah, that, that'd be yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, real quick. I just... Doesn't it, doesn't it, isn't it doesn't strange it, that... Lots of questions. Yeah. And I'm gonna spell it out for you. Um, I feel like Kevin Owens and AJ are treating this U.S. title... Like, I'm glad that it feels so important, and I'm glad that they're treating it so, you know, with such a high profile. But aren't they both kind of acting like they want it more than they wanted the Universal and World titles, respectively? No, you said this before. I, I don't. I don't agree. I mean, I mean, they really, Kevin Owens is a prize Kevin fighter, Owens, so Owens it's definitely got so in his. So heated last week when he lost that match. He got so heated when the ref. You know why wasn't he that heated when Goldberg beat him because of Jericho's distraction about losing the Universal title? After he lost the Universal title, he was like, "Eh, I'll get that back after WrestleMania." Like you know, uh, I mean, which no, made sense I mean, at the time. He was definitely angry. I mean, where's how come Randy Orton isn't trying to get his hands on Great Khali? Great Khali cost him directly. The World Heavyweight right, now Championship. Now you're completely going all over the place. I'm just saying, in terms of relative importance... <laughs> the Great right, Khali right isn't now, around. How is he going to want the Great Khali? I'm don't, just saying, I'm on just SmackDown saying. Live right now, the U.S. title is being treated with more importance than the World Heavyweight title. I I mean, I completely disagree with that. They had a dream match main eventing for the opportunity for that title. I mean, I think this is the wrong week for you to make that claim. I mean, they booked the entire show about a dream match for the chance to fight Jinder Mahal. They, it was a big fight field. John Cena... One of the biggest superstars possibly ever in the company is fighting against Shinsuke, who to some is an unknown commodity. They both wanted this championship. They both fought for a match in which John Cena almost broke his neck. I think that's definitely yeah. elevating the importance just, of the title. I understand what you're saying, but we, we, we also as fans complain about the mid-card titles not being important. So what, like, what do you like, want? I want to have my cake. That's what I, I, I don't want to eat my cake. Like too. even when when you thought which this wasn't the case and Sam Roberts if you're listening you're wrong. He's like not. when, He's when not. people thought AJ He's Styles was like doing the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania pose, first of all he didn't. And second of all, I as a wrestler would be really excited winning my first mid-card United States Championship held by Booker T, held by John Cena, held by Ric Flair, held by all these greats in Madison Square Garden. I would be excited. Everyone loses their minds. Just because it's not the world championship, yeah, you can't more express excited than admiration you were when you for it. Won the world title. First of all, he was a heel when he won the world title. So how excited are you really going to be, especially after kicking someone in the balls to win it? So that's that. And my other thing is that Kevin Owens is a prize fighter. So especially with, with JBL, so I thought he, he was really great the on commentary. More prizes, I would think a prize fighter would value the top prize more. Well, he's not. This is a prize that he's in contention for, and he and I JBL just, painted this theory well that there is a conspiracy against him. So this week, even more, I definitely feel like he should be angry. And when the whole Jericho angle happened, he was very angry backstage. I specifically remember him not throwing down golf clubs. By the way, why were there golf clubs in that backstage segment? Did you notice that? 
No. He threw down a thing of golf clubs. Yeah. I wrote that down. Never golf know. clubs question mark. Never know. That was weird. Canceled, but, canceled new gimmick but idea. But the whole concept. The but the concept of saying, Jericho, you have this title. I want it. Yes, he should still want the Universal Championship. But you're not wrong. But he, was he is a prize guy, fighter. So the, any championship that is in his sights, he's going to want to fight for. So the guy that's holding, how I feel about this it. This is all I'm going to say. This is the last thing I'll say about it. The guy holding the world title right now on the show he's on was like the jobberiest jobber on Raw when he was the Universal Champion, which is a championship that, in theory, is more valuable than the World Championship. And definitely more valuable than the U.S. Championship. And according to who? What, uh, the Universal? Okay, so even if it's on the same level... I mean, just because the world, they're saying it's like important the doesn't st- mean... I feel like the point still stands. Even if they're on the same level, he had the top belt on Raw, and Jinder was you know losing to low to mid carters right and now jinder is champion and he's fighting so hard for the secondary championship in kayfabe it stands to reason for me that that wouldn't sit well with him based I, on what i know about his yeah, character. i don't know i don't we just don't see it i mean he's in a few with aj styles he wants to one up aj styles jinder mahal was placed in a number one contendership situation yeah. and they got away with that on raw because kevin owens with drift to SmackDown, like they introduced the Goldberg Brock Lesnar storyline before this already. So I just think it all came to be. Eventually, if if Kevin Owens loses at SummerSlam, which I think he will, he should definitely enter world title contention. If he doesn't and he doesn't want to, then I will be singing your praises. But right now, I think that this <laughs> is a title that, you know, from a competitive standpoint, you know, hating AJ Styles, I'm better than him the way he thinks in his heel mind. I think that he really wants his championship. And yeah. you always run the risk of, of, of wrestlers, you know, why are they going for this title right now? And on the one end, they're trying to raise the importance of the championship. Like when John Cena, you could argue, well, why is John Cena caring about the United States Championship when he was facing Seth Rollins at Clash of Ch- at Night of Champions? You know, I understand Sting got yeah, that. You a know, years ago, you're talking about. Yeah, I, I understand Sting was the number one contender, but you could argue, well, why wouldn't John Cena somehow want to get? You know what I mean? So yeah, there's been no, other no, no. traces yeah, of this right. in history. But again, like I said, if Kevin Owens loses and he for whatever reason, still wants the United States Championship, I will go on the show and we could do an hour show about it and you will be in the right. Because you have a valid okay. point, but okay. I think that... What I, are you talking about? I, I would found... rather let it play out before I yeah. kind of go that route. But you're okay. not like, I see what you mean. Okay, and you could also say that it's just these two particularly are in a very competitive rivalry that's kind of yeah. escalated to the point it's right. now at. Yeah. And um, Jericho coming back definitely didn't help things in terms of Kevin Owens... Uh, yeah, Jericho's definitely not state. Jericho's definitely not going to be around for SummerSlam. Yeah, no. All right, moving on to SmackDown. We discussed this before as well. The tag team championship scene. There's not much to talk about. The Usos. We've already moved on to SmackDown. We're talking about. We were just talking about the US. Oh, title. I meant to say moving on further, like leaving deeper, the deeper one into... championship. Yeah, <laughs> leaving just the U.S. championship. There are other titles. I mean, deeper into the woods that um, is SmackDown Live. The Usos begin to mimic the New Day's entrance. They come out. They now that was have good. lyrics to their music. Which is I like cool. the execution of that. The crowd, like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, the crowd oh, started yeah. to chant, but they noticed right at the perfect time. Yeah, it was filmed really well. Right as the Usos, you know, kind of changed it up. Yeah, uh, it was good. I mean, the Usos border on, I don't know why they're continuing. Like, is rapping, like, now their thing? Because well, the they always gave, like, promos that were, like, flowy, and, you know, that's, like, their thing. Yeah, but it's Now the, they have music that's feud. rapping. I think Yeah, I know, but also... they didn't really... Do that yeah. since then. And that's it's not. I'm not complaining it about it. It, it was, was just a good like, rap. yeah. A I just wonder if that's like just for this feud only, or I mean, it was it was good. It was a little short and sudden. I kind of wish that they had a match with, I don't know, the hype rose or something to mm-hmm. give them a win. Yeah, but it was good. It was short. So you get nothing. Uh, Make it a win. New Day weren't on the show. I guess to sell the beating from last week, which I always like. Yeah, beatings from last week are my favorite. Moving yeah, on yeah, to the, I'm sorry, did you have, I just, I didn't mean to go. No, 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 you you're good. No, 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 okay. you're keeping it coasting. I yeah. like it. Uh, moving on to the women's division, we had Becky Lynch and Naomi uh, going against Carmella and Natalia. Uh, I like the story of this match because Natalia really had Naomi's number mm-hmm. for much of the match. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Naomi got to the ropes. Being in the sharpshooter that long kind of devalues it a bit in my eyes just because it was a really long time yeah and i understand that there wasn't enough work done to the knee like maybe in a match where there was more psychology i would have had even more problem with it but yeah and to be honest i wouldn't be surprised if this match goes on the kickoff show i don't think it should yeah but there's a possibility because the builds 
isn't going to be in my eyes anything like crazy. I'm bored, brother. Yeah, y- you know, like you saw how well received it was when they tried to do that at WrestleMania. Well, that's why I, I'm. That was also the entire division. So you know, but that also makes me believe that you should have just done Charlotte and Naomi. But that's a whole nother issue, <laughs> and not done Lana and Naomi all this time. But yeah. Charlotte yeah, is nowhere yeah. to be seen, although Charlotte and Lana Twitter. Uh, seem to have social media beef. You, do you remember me saying last week that I could see Charlotte and Lana having a match at SummerSlam? You did say that, yes. yeah. So I'm I don't sure know if I heard it at least a couple I think, times like, in you editing. found it a little weird, and obviously that match would be like no, a minute. Yeah, no. But that's a way to do like it another kickoff match. It definitely came out of match. left field last week when you said yeah. it, but you obviously have the foresight. Yeah, I mean, I don't about. know if that's still it, going to actually happen. It could be personally. a kickoff squash, sorry, like you were saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not even confident that the match is going to happen, but At if it does, time, yeah. it, it would only eat up like two to three minutes. So, yeah. you know. You think Lana would just get the yeah. win? Um, and and then yeah, so. moving on the SmackDown card, Sami Zayn lost to Aiden English. Don't know why. Just weird i don't really get it so so that mike and maria could come out and tease him about it uh for literally two seconds i don't know why this feud is still happening um well it's building to their huge match that they're gonna have presumptively the tuesday after SummerSlam on smackdown live yeah i I don't think Sami Zayn, (laughs) nor canellis nor english are making the SummerSlam card at all uh so this is just there i guess to give them all something to do Mm -hmm. the fashion files and they did it they did do it they did do it in their defense I give it a four out of ten. Uh, the fashion files were awesome again. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Breeze, I'm so happy he's getting the spotlight. I've loved him since NXT, and yeah, I mean, I still miss his character. I still hope that comes back to Prince Pretty character. That's what I loved. Yeah. But I knew he had all this ability regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, showcasing that something. whole you know Twin Peaks is a show that I've I actually just started getting into, so I understood some of the. You know, symbolism okay. and what they were okay. going for. I, I did not, but I was laughing. Yeah, more or less so it was really good. I'm also glad this is mostly Tyler Breeze this week because um, I feel like Fandango has been getting more of the jokes and the the notes just because of his cadence and you know he has that yeah. funny thing. But I like how Tyler Breeze took the um, Fandango is kind of a straight man, like to you know what I mean. Like Tyler Breeze is yeah. is, is more of the comedy. Like he's he's yeah. He's the gimmick to the extreme. Yeah. But we have Fandango. He has that cadence to his voice. Yeah. You know, whatever. So uh, I don't know if I said this on the show, but I still think this may be, although based on how funny it is, I'm wondering how they could execute it. But I think this could be Wyatt and Harper. Uh, I think this could be Harper and Rowan. But it makes you wonder how they would introduce that while not being too funny. Because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think that Harper and Rowan should resort to that kind of that's the problem stuff. With, that's the problem with anyone we could think it would be. That would be like a legitimate because I also thought Sanity, if you end their takeover feud and you're going to call them up, this would be a great way to do it. But for the fact that yeah, I know. whoever is attacking Breezango is more or less in on the joke. Yeah. Like with that stuffed horse's head and, yeah, you know, like it, it's it's not it's not a real threat. It's like a comedy threat. Right. Um, no, I, th- I thought it'd be funny. Was it funny? So, yeah, I still envision Sanity and the Shield feuding one day. That's a wish booking future episode, maybe in 2019 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> I believe the last thing about SmackDown is the main event. Well, that's typical. So we had John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't like how John Cena didn't do an interview beforehand, Nakamura. I mean, they tried painting this as a dream match, but I personally feel like they could have done some video packages or something yeah, before yeah, the yeah. match. They didn't even have them go face-to-face last week. Oh, God, don't get me started. I'm still angry. Um, that was a callback to just, last uh, week. Just the, oh, I don't want to get back into that, but again, how can, literally, hit the horns and Shinsuke has a violin. All right, I'm done. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what the fuck happened? The match was good. Bordering yep. on great. Yep. Uh, about 15 minutes. Really good uh, match for these I, two. I mean, I definitely thought at any moment Baron Corbin was coming in. I thought maybe the Singh brothers would, like, run from the top of the skybox mm-hmm. down to the arena or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura kicks out of an AA. Uh, yeah. John Cena goes for another transitioning AA, which he introduced with AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble, which yep. was impressive. Now, what a maneuver there. The rollover. Shinsuke goes for an inverted suplex, a reverse exploder. Yep. However, Shinsuke does not know how to do a backflip, and Shinsuke's John Cena. neck. John Cena does not. Know. John Cena doesn't know how to do a backflip, and his neck almost crumbled. Oh man. I think he's fine. I haven't read anything. Well, he did do the um, thing with Corbin afterwards at the beginning of two hundred five live. Oh, I didn't see that. 
Oh, I thought we didn't. What are you talking about? Okay. I watched 205 Live too. They did it in the beginning of 205 Live itself. Yeah. After SmackDown, I flipped over to the network. Probably a few minutes had passed. I had 205 Live start from the beginning. Shinsuke was celebrating in the ring, and they were like, "Welcome to 205 Live." Uh, Shinsuke just won number one contendership. He's still oh, celebrating. Oh, that's in the why ring. Corey Graves and the announcer John were Cena like... had left. Shinsuke gets attacked by Baron Corbin, uh, getting beat down by Baron Corbin. Cena comes back out to make the save. Corbin starts beating up Cena. Beat up John Cena. He's gonna put him through a table on the yeah, outside. Okay. Cena reverses it and puts Corbin through a table with an attitude adjustment, which, by the way, looked like it may or may not have hurt Corbin because. Uh, his head didn't clear the edge of the table on the way down as the rest of the table broke. So were they short on time? Like, why wouldn't they put that on the USA Network with 1.5 million more viewers? Honestly, I thought it was an interesting way to increase viewership for 205 Live because... If they talk about it on SmackDown Live happening in the beginning, they would need to... Well, that's what I was going to say is they would say it next week and show the footage and that would make people think... It's not an immediate thing. I'm not saying it would have increased viewership for this past episode. I'm just saying in general, it just gives off the impression that, oh, there may be other reasons to tune into 205 Live. You might be missing something with the main roster, not just the cruiserweights if you don't. Oh, you didn't know? Or this could be fucking talking smack if it wasn't canceled. I know this seems really, really sudden and just sort of unfair and cruel. But it's non-negotiable. But it's non-negotiable. I mean, God forgive me, but this may be a very controversial statement. Well, here we go. I would salvage 205 Live for talking smack. And I think that you can get away with having a cruiserweight division on Raw still. And I understand that they have a lot of talent and they spend money in the contracts and doing a show showcases them, but... I would just put 205 Live, just tape it and put it on Wednesday night before NXT. Or after NXT. When you see so you would tape it before Raw? Well, I mean SmackDown? Called, the problem is it's called 205 Live, which granted yeah. is a great name, yeah. but the way that they fucking do it, or put it on before Raw and tape it in that arena, but that's a four-hour wrestling show on yeah. Monday night for the live crowd. God damn, pal. But my point is, that's what... I would have taped the it first, at full The sale. first nail in the coffin of Talking Smack was the introduction of 205 Live, which suddenly put an hour between SmackDown and Talking Smack. Damn. Wouldn't have been my first call. See, but that whole thing about the ratings, first of all, I don't even know if they have an adequate statistical way to show the viewership for an over-the-top network like WWE Network. And everyone talked about Talking Smack all the time. Think about the amount of moments they've created. People were so mad about the show, which means that people were watching it. So I don't buy into their whole, you know, it was on at 11. You have on-demand programming. They could watch it whenever they want just because people weren't watching it live. You know what I mean? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a. It doesn't matter. I just think that. So what, I don't know. What do you think? I just think that they the didn't Re- want to do it anymore, and I think Vince that maybe McMahon Vince thing? was annoyed that it was blurring the reality line a little oh, bit because so they you were. Think Vince suddenly realized after the show had been on since you know the brand split that. Yeah. Oh wait, oh, wait they're going off script. They're improving. That'll be script. Script reads me. Yeah, well, and I don't want that at all. Ever. Yeah, and I also think that there's been uh, rumors, and we know of budget cuts. We know that uh, a bunch of other network shows were done. Renee Young was done. That's Renee true. Young's Jung. Reyna- Renee. You had something to say to me? What? <laughs> Renee Young. <laughs> Renee Young's show is done. Legends with JBL is done. Edge and Christian yeah. are done. By the yep. way, they were going to be filming season two. Have you heard about that? Yeah, no, I heard. Done. R- Ride along is apparently safe for now. Shows like that and Table for Three are still there because they require like literally no production value even though talking smack required nothing oh, as really? well aside from paying the people who well, are filming cutting, it and the already, arena they've already cut a lot of pyro they're they're making cuts because they're they're on track to have a you know make less money than they did last but year like they're never going to close like they i mean I, I we can't get into a conversation they're never, you're never going to go out of business so you should not just, have canceled talking smack well, I mean, I just feel like the show, how much did it cost to make? I mean, I understand you had to pay to get the arena longer. I mean... It'll be more special when we see it after the pay-per-views. Oh, God. It's but, the, um, they didn't cancel it. They just made it a lot more sparse. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, Shinsuke Nakamura is the number one contender. It's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ginger Mahal for the WWE Championship. I'm very afraid of the build to this match because shinsuke sure as hell won't be able to carry it in terms of talking and jinder mahal sounds like a bag of rocks so <laughs> that's gonna be that's gravel. gonna be interesting i do think that they have an opportunity to play on the fact that shinsuke is also not american yet he doesn't feel the way jinder feels and yeah if shinsuke can two non-americans 
how are we going to care about this match, Jimmy? And if Shinsuke can... I can't relate to either one of them. If Shinsuke can, like, relay this, because I do think he has the ability to be a good promo, it's just the way that they frame it, you know, like... An, but he don't know talking good like me and you. They do, like, a reverse xenophobia thing. or I don't know, there's potential to be a pretty cool feud. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, definitely. And then just the last thing is that we forgot to mention that Chad Gable and Rusev had a incredibly awesome match i oh, was I didn't forget blown away well i skipped it in terms of the order you just made the list i was blown away by that match i want chad gable on 205 live once i found yeah. out he was 202 pounds him and neville would be awesome him in the cruiserweight division would be amazing that match was great did did anything stand out to you about that match about chad gable's performance or about the way anybody talked about chad gable during the match at all by well any like he was kurt angle like you, well, like, yeah. Essentially? Yeah, I get, yeah. That waited, it waited to cut right yeah, to the heart of my yeah, point, yes. That's, yeah. Like it was as if he was Kurt Angle. Well, that's the issue. He's always had that style, but now I feel like there's a light on it even more based on what's happening with Jason Jordan. So now yeah. it's like people are wondering, well, why the hell isn't Chad Gable in this position? Chad Gable would be better in every way possible. Well, so, yeah, I mean, that's. Do you think that's hard. just a coincidence? What do you mean? Could they be going for something where Chad Gable ultimately is Kurt Angle's real son and somehow oh. Jason Jordan faked something or somebody faked something? Because I started to think it when he was doing the suplexes. I was like, oh, this is, this is very Kurt Angle-like. And the announcers were, I forget what they said specifically, but if you go back and watch the match and even listen to the way they're talking about it, we were texting before we were getting ready to record today, and I mentioned to you how commentary always has a thinly veiled agenda. If you watch that match and listen back to the commentary, I feel like it's not too crazy to think that they could potentially be headed to something like that down the road. I thought it more so when he was doing the suplexes, even more so when he did the moonsault. And then when he tried to finish the match with the ankle lock, I was certain there's no way this could just be a Yeah, but he's always done this. That's the problem. He's d None of the moves, aside from the belly-to-belly, -belly, which was really interesting because Kurt Angle did the Germans, he's yeah. never done that. Before I've never he's seen done, anyone. He's done belly to belly. He's not nearly as often as German. No, oh, I oh, meant, you the, mean Chad Gable. I meant the way he locked it and Kurt oh, Angle yeah, and Chris yeah. Benoit. They all did the Germans like that. that they did a, the belly to belly. So right. that was a new so it was take like, on it. But it was. Still, but Kurt Angle's never done still, that. Right, but it was still a Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero thing. Like that, he's doing any suplex like that is it's like his own spin on a Kurt Angle thing, yeah. which you would want to see from his actual son. Right. Like I said before, you brought up your theory. Anyone now is going to be scrutinizing and looking so at them more. So you think it's more. just a coincidence? All the I, I all do. The, I mean, nothing. All the stuff on nothing. Smackdown. Chad Gable did last night, beside the in, the the new innovation, innovative way to do the belly to bellies, was new to me. He's always been compared to Kurt Angle. He's always on the ankle lock. He's always on moonsaults. Nothing was different. Um, I don't think that's where they're going personally. I mean, it's not a, it's not something that I would look at and say, "Oh my God, you're crazy." I mean, I I see where your mind is going. I just think that. So I'm not crazy. And that's your medical opinion, right? It's official. <laughs> I, can, I can quote you on that. I'm oh, not crazy. Because that, that was literally all I wanted my, to hear. My Twitter handle says Dr. Moorcraft, so I obviously am a very credible person to tell you whether or not you are or you aren't. And I'm and saying you, you aren't. You heard that world, and it's documented, and we're <laughs> but, good. Um, Thank you. I wasn't. I, mean, I wasn't. <laughs> so I think that, I mean, I'll be honest. I think, you'll re I think you're reaching. But I yeah, think that well, no, I, you know, it's wishful. It's wishful I booking. I think that they're... Uh, but, I mean, I guess we could see more weeks go on where Chad Gable goes from here. But I do think that nothing Chad Gable did yesterday really pointed out to me is just showing that he's an awesome wrestler and that I wanted to see him in the Cruiserweight division as a Cruiserweight champion. Did he always use the ankle lock? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that is a good call. Chad mm -hmm. Gable in the Cruiserweight division is a good call. And then after the match, Rusev – by the way, I, I don't know. I totally saw this coming, that Randy Orton was coming out. Um I, 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 I literally, is, I just overlooked Orton. I was like, I don't it think be? this is necessary to happen. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I just, it's so, me too. But then I was like, well, he's not going to beat him. No. So, but being um, on TV is better than not being on TV yeah. as we and others previous have established. I, I don't know. I thought Randy Orton was going to be taking time off. I never thought he'd be on the SummerSlam card, especially yeah. not being on the poster. Yeah. Not that he needs to be on the poster, but I don't know. I He needs to be on the fucking poster. I don't. Um, no, he doesn't. I mean, I hope Rusev wins, and I love Randy Orton, but they can't just feed him to Randy Orton. There's no need for that. So if this leads to Rusev maybe 
I think that Rusev and AJ Styles should be a feud for the United States Championship. Maybe a win over Orton helps mm-hmm. put Rusev there. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I don't think this feud needs to happen. I think, if anything, this is your theory of getting everyone on the card. Yeah. Um, I mean, Orton is a big name. They're they're clearly trying to make this a stacked SummerSlam. Yeah, but I feel like, I don't know. I just and don't I will feel see. the need to... I mean, if our hopes are justified about Rusev, then he's going to probably have to win at SummerSlam. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, that'll be a interesting match and then you have anything to say about the main event because that is uh we already discussed oh, what gender, happened in the outcome one of us did well that's why i'm yes <laughs> well then you went into your parental for, you know <laughs> no you're right. it, was, it was my fault i was just playing jerry springer plus daniel bryan is chad gable's father didn't you see smacking talk that's right he was uh, the world's most virile five-year-old hilarious um do you think that shinsuke is gonna win because i we've I, i've heard that the intention is for Jinder to hold on to that championship for a while. I've heard up to and possibly through 34. I think Shinsuke wins and Corbin cashes in. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned I did, when, when Corbin attacked him on 205 Live, that thought crossed my mind. Yeah. But then, so is Jinder just, re- well, I guess, the only reason becomes people a thought, three-way title picture. Well, I'm actually confused because SmackDown doesn't have a pay-per-view in September yet. They announced Hell in a Cell for October 8th. But they're, last year it was Backlash and Night of Champions. Well, Everything right, so Raw SmackDown, had, SmackDown has now and vice versa. Well, right, but SmackDown doesn't have Clash of Champions. They haven't announced the Clash of Champions venue oh, yet really? date. Yeah, that's what's very huh. weird about it. And, and is there a Raw and SmackDown for, in October? Yeah. So there's no, there's no chance they're scaling back to alternating months. I don't Cause think that could, so. Because if no. they're making cuts, that's, uh, you know, one of the next logical steps is to... Say, hey, remember how we did, like, twice as many pay-per-views this year? No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think that's where you would go for cuts to begin with. But yeah. I don't. So it's no, you September, would start with Pyro. Pay September attention. 8th. September whatever is No Mercy. And then the next one, I believe, is Hell in a Cell. No so mercy. maybe. I actually don't know what the October pay-per-view would be for Raw then. Maybe it could be right. Maybe you're onto something there. Because I don't know the October pay-per-view for was SmackDown. It, was it not No Mercy? It was No Mercy for SmackDown. It was Backlash in September. Right. And then No Mercy in October. So right? SmackDown, Raw's getting No Mercy in September, and then Hell in a Cell is for SmackDown in October. But there isn't a when Backlash Raw Backlash already October. happened this year. Yeah. And there isn't a oh. Raw October pay-per-view yet. So you might be right with that. That would be crazy, huh? Uh, and also, I find it it's weird that they're putting tickets crazy. on sale for an October pay-per-view before a September pay-per-view. Yeah, it's also weird. So, so there I don't know. Very likely Guess could we'll be see. one, just one raw pay per view in September. Right? Yeah, and I think one SmackDown pay per view in October at this point too. Damn, are um, they scaling back? I guess so. I mean, Maybe. I don't. Based on what we know. Yeah, which isn't much. So you get nothing. Maybe they put Elimination Chamber in its place because Fastlane and Elimination Chamber happen in February. Yeah. So it's the Elimination Changer. That's how you change up your world title picture at the last second before WrestleMania. Um, so the, the the match itself, did you enjoy it? Anything? To oh say yeah, about? It, was, it was a good match. I definitely cringed at the yeah. reverse exploder. Um, I hope they have another match at least. You know, like I think that. Yeah. Well, I feel like you know Cena is clearly a big wrestling fan. I feel like this match happened on SmackDown, and they actually had a match to a finish. You know. Because otherwise, you know, there's a chance it might not happen again, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Like, Cena wanted to make sure he wrestled Shinsuke, I feel like. And I'm really mad if that's the case, because I feel like they just blew this. I just, I don't know. I would have done, I just would have had Shinsuke challenge Jinder. I mean, he would have had a pretty credible claim to be number one contender after being undefeated for so long. Yeah. So, and then you could have done. No, I think it's, I think it's, it legitimizes Shinsuke to have him beat Cena clean, especially after. Two a, done, two A's, and Cena just ate one Kinshasa and the pin. I would have done Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton, and I just would have waited on Cena, personally. I think that it still would have looked good. And so basically what they did last night with Orton instead of Cena. Yeah. Huh. I, I think just to think that match would have been, you could tell they there was a bunch of spots. That, I don't know. I just would have been my first call. Yeah, it had a lot. But it was good. I mean, I just think that the first, I envisioned that, First confrontation, the first match being much differently, and it's not that they fucked it up, but I definitely feel like they could have done it better. Yeah, so they could. I mean, there was there was a right way to do it, which was how you wanted them to do it. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I'm and sure other people have good any ideas. Any other way to do it, which was how they ultimately did do it. Yeah, uh, even on bring it to the table, they brought it up how it was a bad idea. So 
I love how that show is allowed to be on, though. But Talking Smack can't be on. They like run down. I don't think Vince all has seen of it yet. these creative. <laughs> I think it's safe to say Vince has not seen yeah, that show I don't yet. Know. Because, dude, they're trying to be that show is trying to be the internet under the WWE umbrella. Like literally, it's trying to do what Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer and yeah. a million others do. Wade Keller, all, all of them. Uh, yeah. it's, it's trying to do what they do under the WWE umbrella. Well, they essentially read the dirt sheets and introduce them as topics is what they do. Like the Enzo thing with the dirt so sheet. Far, yeah. uh, everything has been, you know, uh, they talked about, Sasha I, Banks and Alexa Bliss. That was, the first that was time, great how they first said time that should the, happen. The thing about the word structure at Battleground, uh, that was, was the so first time it was funny. called to my attention. I wish I had noticed that that night. I noticed that they were saying a lot. I would never know it was 64 times, but I definitely well, did, thought. Could you, could you then infer that that's because they obviously didn't say cage at all, and that's what they were trying to do? Because it's yeah, not a cage. Yeah, I pick up things like that sometimes. I just think that it's yeah, so do part I of sometimes, the but commentary the thing. Yeah. No, but that's just one of them that I did. Like In my head, I'm like, are they kidding right now with how much they're saying this yeah yeah i just yeah. never thought i it's just not the first time they've done that with yeah you know if someone's making history history is the word said or yeah. you know like like oh, you said always, they have thinly veiled agendas that, yeah. so yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah. um, all right we are going deep into the internet realm and this podcast has been great and we, we are brought, we really brought it to the table brought I it like. to the table and we are going to end on this note this is the Wishful Booking Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jimmy Moorcraft. You can catch me on Twitter at Dr. Moorcraft. And my name is Lee McNulty. You can follow and interact with me on Twitter at RealHughJactor. And uh, that's it, guys. So long. See you later, guys. Hit the trumpets. <laughs>